So Nat, I think it's your turn to kick off this week's episode. Don't mind if I do. Hello and welcome to The Global Talent War, a podcast by Tech in Asia produced in partnership with Globalization Partners. My name is Nat. And I'm Charles Ferguson, the APAC General Manager of Globalization Partners. And what are we talking about today, Charles? So as the title of this podcast suggests, The Global Talent War. Specifically, this episode is going to feature Vidya Santanam, who's co-founded an OKR platform called FitBots. And what's an OKR? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's get Vidya to explain it. So objectives and key results, famously known as the acronym OKRs, is taking the business world by storm, as we like to say it. Very often, it's uh, considered as an individual performance framework, which is an absolute myth. It's actually an organizational performance framework, which brings teams together to focus on very, very specific metrics which drive business velocity. So what OKRs does to teams is instead of sitting in silos and having those manager team member driven conversations saying these are my KPIs, it gets teams together to say, hey, how do we come together as a team to solve some of our core business problems? So it's it's basically a silo buster, as we call it. A silo buster. I like that. Yeah, I myself um, use the same methodology, these OKRs to you know, manage my team. And I'll tell you what we do essentially is align at least three or four key uh, objectives with key results that match the ultimate roll-up of our team. And it's been tremendously helpful. That's pretty cool. I'll have to think about implementing that as well. And I can't help but feel like this conversation flows very nicely from the one we were having in the last episode, where we talked about the importance of managers aligning themselves with their employees' individual goals and objectives. That's absolutely right. And that makes Vidya the perfect profile for this episode on the global talent war. One other thing she talked about was how it's not just startups that use these OKRs, but enterprise-level corporations as well. While it gets very frenetically adopted in high-growth startups, we find a fair share of enterprises who are also reaching out on OKRs Uh, Because enterprises want to be a lot more agile, they want to break silos, they want to improve communication, and they also want people to focus their efforts on meaningful activities and tasks which move towards outcomes. So these are some of the top reasons why we find even enterprises are reaching out. And um, at the end of the day, yes, elephants can dance. So this (laughs) makes makes, uh, organizations a lot more agile. That's cool. I think you mentioned also the perhaps unintended, but nonetheless impactful remote work revolution that's going on right now and how both from a, again, not to, you know, uh, continue to beat the point home, but whether you're a large corporation or a small corporation or somewhere in between, when you're dealing with a distributed workforce that's remote, having this type of uh, framework gets uh, everyone's kind of on the same page to use a cliche. I mean, that's, that's, that's really kind of the the face of what this is all about. Is that right? Absolutely. And I think just to um, double click on the point that you mentioned, um, uh, we're in a different world because uh, there is a difference between remote work and work from home. Yes. Um, We've been working from home and especially in technology, um, in uh, in sectors, I'm sure work from home is not something which is uncommon. Sure. But I think with remote working, there's this... um, uh, oxymoron of a temporary permanence, as we call it. Yes. So it seems temporary, but it's a lot more permanent. And the scale and probably the duration of teams working remotely is 
has probably been uh, seen a lot more in the past year and a half. Yeah. Um, so having said that, um, when you have teams which are now organized very differently, this also requires practices to be built very differently, right from be it OKRs or virtual onboarding or virtual hiring. So there, there, there could be different practices now which needs to come together to cater to this very, very differently organized team. Um, so, so, so you're absolutely spot on. I think the headwinds and the tailwinds both have actually led to where we are today. And that framework, Nat, was what actually inspired Vidya to start FitBots, that belief in this sort of philosophical approach of running teams that are in line with the business's objectives. Right. And on top of that, Vidya also made some very keen observations on the raging war for talent, having spent the bulk of her early career over the past almost two decades in talent acquisition. Uh, I'll probably date back uh, probably two decades. You're right. You know, that seems a lot. <laughs> it seems well, I know, but I'm, I'm right there with you, so we're fine. Keep going. Don't worry. <laughs> no, so two decades back when I started my career in recruitment, there was this um, crazy war for talent back then. Yeah. And I do believe that that war for talent still continues because the talent crunch, and I was just doing a quick study on, hey, what are the numbers on the talent crunch or the talent shortage? I, I saw a report which actually said that uh, the talent crunch is almost as much as 47 million by 2030. Now, that's a lot, wow. uh, even if you forecast it uh, to another nine years from now. Yeah. So having said that, um, uh, it's 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 essentially um, uh, something which is existing, mm. um, and at the same time, it's uh, it's real. Um, but the gap is becoming wider because the need for skills, uh, quality talent is increasing. Yeah. So especially, I'll just talk about it in the context of a startup. For there's a very big difference between hiring for enterprises and hiring for startups. Absolutely. So hiring for enterprises, when I had my corporate career, if I really picture it, it's it's like actually uh, going into a club and let's say you're body surfing and you just, you know, uh, swoon into a crowd and there's somebody who's there to catch you. So that's the kind of feeling. <laughs> that's a great analogy. I totally relate to that. That's hilarious. Very yeah, good. yeah. Because, because you know, there, there are people who are like there to catch yeah, you yeah, and, sure. there's, there's, and there's... Vinny is a stage diver. I didn't realize oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. I, I actually felt that way, especially when I came out was, okay, I think I was body surfacing back there. And, and then now I'm actually, I, I feel like somebody who's standing at the end of the cliff and nobody's yeah. there to catch you. So yeah. that's the feeling, uh, you know, from having transitioned from an enterprise to having set up a startup, which also goes to say that building teams is very different. So the reason for the uh, tech, uh, the talent crunch or the talent war could be seen very differently from the lens of an enterprise, from the lens of a startup. Absolutely. How, so, so I'll just probably zoom in from the lens of a startup. Um, there's already a 95% chance that the startup won't make it. So that's like a province statistic. And I hope we're part of the 5% yeah, who I actually think, make sure it. I'm sure you will be, but that is, that is, that is a, daunting, uh, a daunting statistic to face right out of the gate, right? Uh, that's right. That's right. So, so there's always a heavy amount of risk when you set up a startup, which means with limited time, bandwidth, resources again, you may want to, um, what I do see, especially in our context, is hiring the right people can actually uh, take the startup to the next level. Hiring the wrong people can actually set you back by a few years. Wow. I mean, I don't know about you, but that really puts into perspective the gravity of the global talent war and what that could actually do to startups who make the wrong move. You're so right. In so many ways, 
Uh, it could be the difference between being part of the 5% who make it and the 95% who don't. And it gets even more scary when you consider the fact, as Vidya is about to say, startups require a much more keen precision in their approach to everything compared to large enterprises. And I think the biggest difference, and especially the talent war when it comes to startups, is that startup startups require Swiss knives. Uh, and I'm using this word very mindfully because you have a high amount of expertise in an enterprise because the context forces you to become a deep expert. But when you come into a startup, the ability to deal with ambiguity, pick up new learnings and skills, and become that Swiss knife to not only do technology or product and engineering, but also to pick up business skills, uh, to have the confidence in going to customers and doing a product demo, irrespective of which team that I'm part of, requires a mindset to learn. Yes. So when it comes to talent wars, these gems, which are there scattered across the industry, who would succeed in a startup is probably where the war for talent is. You know, I've got to say, Charles, if I was a startup founder, I'd be equal parts terrified and reverent of Vidya because she sounds like she knows what she's talking about. And that is exactly the kind of opponent you do not want to meet on the battlefield of the global talent war. Oh, brother, you're telling me. I can see why you'd think that, especially when Vidya said, who she's reminded of whenever I mentioned the phrase global talent war. Check this out. Yeah, and when you say war, the one which comes to my mind is like Xena, the warrior princess. She was Xena, a mighty princess forged in the heat of battle. Yeah, man, right on. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to you war. With your sword getting ready, you know? <laughs> but you know, I'd say she's also exactly the kind of opponent who you could stand to learn a lot from by just watching her, or in my case, asking her point blank for advice. I think that that war for talent kind of story has evolved maybe, and maybe there's a new way we can frame it, but you and I can maybe work on that together on a whiteboard with some design thinking and maybe we'll put some OKRs on top of it. But uh, yeah. uh, back, back to my, my question for you, which is how, how have you all sort of uh, dealt with this and, and and what are you doing to try and overcome it? Yeah. And the way uh, we've been thinking about it is uh, uh, we're a fledging startup and uh, we were bootstrapped for a while before we raised our uh, pre-seed round. Um, and in that, in the, in the transition time from uh, being bootstrapped, acquiring our first customers, getting into the zone of revenues and then getting into something which is repeatable, it takes time and effort. Absolutely. If, if you look at talent acquisition as well as onboarding to getting somebody to perform, this cycle works very similar to how you attract customers. So there's no difference in the two, or there are subtle differences in the two, but the way you approach it could be very similar as well. Um, so what happens when, let's say, somebody is discovering Fitbots as a customer? Mm. They go on to uh, you know, the web and they search for OKR software and boom, you know, there's Fitbots and there's a few others and then they, they discover you. Search is again, very similar to us, which means our connect with our candidate pool needs to happen a lot sooner so that if somebody searches for jobs or searches for startups, which are hiring or ask somebody for reference, can we get discovered? So that's, that's one way we've thought about it. Yeah. Having said that, um, when we 
have conversations with prospective talent who want to join fitbots we first actually look for enthusiasm to be part of a early stage startup yeah because the 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 sea is a lot rougher but the returns are a lot more fruitful the learning is immense yeah. so we're all really looking at people who would like to sharpen the extra blades as you rightly said yeah during the interview process what we also do is we interlace conversations with specific assignments so let's say we are hiring somebody for uh, sales we actually ask them to write cold email templates during the conversation and at short notice so that we know how they're actually having their reflexes to the ground so the assignments are there uh, during the interviews uh, we have about 2 3 rounds me and my co-founder and another member of the team we all three have you know different discussions with the same person so that we get a balanced view before we make up our mind whether to take the person on board um but here's the headlines again because we're an okr company uh, we always share our okrs with our uh, you know potential talent right up front in, during the interview process and once they're hired and come on board i've got a 30 60 and 90 day outcome based onboarding plan which basically clearly tells them what are some of the outcomes that would help you to um get a lens or help you to get a sense of success at the end of 30 days 60 days 90 days yeah and we find that um that's something which people enjoy a lot because they're like okay now we know exactly what the organization expects and that's right. can, can we work towards it so these are some practices we've tried institutionalizing that's actually some pretty ace advice but does that make vidya and fitbots actually immune to the effects of the global talent war well no like we talked about in the last episode the tech scene is one where you pretty much expect talent to jump ship within 2 years of being under your employment just because their skill sets are in massive demand so in reality no one's safe not even fitbots all you can do is take steps to mitigate how much you're affected it is definitely impacting you know a uh, you know startup like ours yeah. and i would see it a lot more in context to tech talent because tech talent is hard to attract and also difficult to retain because there's always this expectation and the it's also an, um the 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 demand and supply the dynamics of demand and supply so um these become a lot more challenging in our context to onboard as well as uh keep talent with us uh the way we are actually uh thinking about this is uh how can we engage more proactively be it referrals so we we do encourage our own team members to uh refer talent because they already have a sense of culture so the age old um practice of referrals still works uh brilliantly for organizations and we continue to use it uh we use other sources of hiring uh where we find that we've had success in the past we go and repeat our posts in those sources um so that we we know there's some kind of a predictability um so wherever there's probably a more predictable outcome for the source of hiring is where we put in a lot more energy at this point of time because we need to onboard somebody quickly in a probably a month or two months because of notice period times which uh, people employers have plus and this is coming from video who runs a software company tech can't really solve all the problems organizations have when it comes to talent and i think there's probably um uh, also one one thing one thing that we've realized is that not every problem can be solved by technology 
yeah. of software. Absolutely, it's a tool. Um, right? Yeah, and and so this is one of the um, this the the emotional and the social engagement is one of them. Where of course there are organizations out there who are enabling this, um, but sometimes there's no substitute for uh, the human touch. Absolutely. So yeah, that's so that's something that we've not cracked, but we're trying to do some of the other elements like clarity of outcomes, clarity of tasks, sure. uh, book in meetings, and just to ensure that the teams are staying together and still feeling part of the organization. And that I'd imagine makes remote work pretty difficult. Exactly, which makes it all the more important that whenever they can and in whatever way they can, business leaders should inject a sort of personal touch to their interactions with the employees. And what I've been noticing um, is we have a platform and then we have a network of OKR coaches. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and 90% of our clients actually opt for an OKR coach because they want the touch and feel of somebody going there and coaching them in virtually, even if it's virtual, and along with the platform. Yeah. So that that actually got us to believe that not every problem can be solved by software, as I was mentioning. There is this balance between the experience uh, of, of people as well as um, the technologies. We call it process and empathy, both going hand in hand. Um, as we see, the process is probably put together with technology. It can scale, it's repeatable. And then the empathy factor goes along with uh, somebody who understands OKRs and goes and coaches them. Right, because we're all human beings after all, and no matter how introverted we may claim to be, a personal touch can go a long way in making us feel appreciated for the work that we do. Absolutely right. Well, to sort of round out this episode, what advice did Vidya leave us with to impart on all our listeners who are startup founders or aspiring entrepreneurs? Well, she actually had a bunch to say. When I started Fitbots, I thought, okay, I'm just going to get started. I'm going to go as a, like a speed train and, you know, like I'm going to go at this bullet pace and yeah, let's do it. And so I, I was all charged. And then, you know, that you chug along, you chug, you go a little fast and then you chug along a little bit and then you're <laughs> So <laughs> it is a marathon. And so be prepared for a marathon. It's not a sprint as people rightly say. So it's very real. That feeling is very real. Yeah, that's some brilliant advice, and it's it's um it's easy to say. It's very hard to do, isn't it? To keep that to keep that level of patience um, and that long view, people get really uh, passionate and wound up in their idea and in their product and in the problem that they're trying to solve, and they might burn out right really quickly um, if they're not taking that long game perspective. And, and to your earlier point hiring a great team to augment some of the gaps that the founders might even have in their own uh, DNA, as it were, um, as the company starts to, to evolve. And, and identifying those gaps, as you rightly said, a lot sooner because founders can, um, they, we're not superhumans. We, we have a, a crazy passion about what we are setting out to do. Sure. Um, and, and it's, it's one, one thing that I would like to share is that it's always all about the teams. If you have the right team, um, you can you can move faster. If you have the wrong team or wrong members in the team, it'll take you back by a few years. So truly, truly believe, and I've seen that happening in our context. So I'm, I'm fortunate to have a great team with us. Right. So it really seems like, as the cliche goes, 
knowing is half the battle. And in this case, knowing where your gaps are, knowing how to plug those gaps and knowing that unfortunately you can never do enough to escape the war and that it'd be better to embrace it will go a long way in driving your startup to success. A hundred percent. Well, Charles, that's just about all the time we have. Take us home. Well, thank you all for listening uh, and tuning into this episode of the Global Talent War. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our previous episodes and look out for the next one coming up soon. Just type in the podcast app, The Global Talent War by Tech in Asia and Globalization Partners and hit that follow button. If you're listening on a platform that allows it, give us a rating and a review. And lastly, if you're a business owner or business leader and you need or want some assistance in fighting the never-ending battles in the global talent war, visit Globalization Partners website at globalization-partners.com right now. That's right. Until next time, I'm Charles Ferguson signing off on behalf of Nat, Vidya Santanam, and the Fitbots team. See you soon.